Ladies and gentle queers, welcome back. This is another episode of Out to Adult. This is Katie Cleary here. And I have just thought to myself recently that I don't know that I've been doing the very best job of introducing our guests. So I'm going to try and be better at that. And so today with me, I have Jose Napolis. Hi, everyone. Thank you again for having me. Of course. He's here for the third time, and I'm super excited. I love having him as a guest. And I also have Ashley. Hey. <laughs> She's very She's, enthusiastic. She is here. so enthusiastic. <laughs> so um, a little sidebar here is that Ashley and I have been doing Whole30 and today is the very first day that we've had alcohol in 31 days. So how is it 30? Well, today is the 31st day. So I guess uh, today doesn't count as a day without alcohol on oh, the 31st okay. day. Okay, got it. Yeah. I was like, how does that make sense? Because we went 30 whole days without soy without grains alcohol without without okay. yeah Interesting. and without fun ah. <laughs> i will say that this like wine tastes a lot sweeter than mm. i remember it tasting like i remember it being a very dry wine and i took the first sip and i'm like okay this is like juice i'm already sweating i'm like i'm like three ounces into my wine <laughs> so listeners i'm just sticking to water yep. so if i need to hold their hairs back i will <laughs> that's nice yeah He's in it to win it. It's the gayest part of your day. Sit back and grab a shot Yeah, Jose is looking fabulous. He's been... Oh, thank you. Absolutely. And I'm also kind of jealous of your shirt. Oh, thank you. This whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's just fun all around. It's what happens uh, with the stimulus that our president, not our president, our government gave Mm. us. You know, you got to do some some shopping to help the economy. So why not? Good job. Thank you. Good job. Along with supporting local businesses and queer businesses as well, of course. Definitely. And yeah. also any social justice organizations that you'd like to contribute to. Yeah. I hope like with the next stimulus, I think. Mm. So we talked recently on an episode that has not been released yet because um, the sun baked my recording box and we lost half the episode. Oh, no. Basically. So we were talking about how to give until it's uncomfortable because that's the level that some people can do. So it's like, give if you give money, oh, finances. Okay. I'm like, so, give what? Mm, yeah. Very valid. Yeah. That is a good question. Yeah. So they were saying like with all these black lives matter movements going on and just local charities in your own community, really needing help to take the money that you would have been spending if you were able to go out to eat or hang out with your friends or go to the movies or whatever and donate that money to an organization that really needs it right now because there are definitely a ton of organizations that could use our help all around. Yeah, I mean, I still go to the G spot. So Uh, yeah, I got to keep myself entertained because there's only so much you can do by yourself during these times in COVID. So. And I love that our local sex shop is has been deemed an essential business and I they mean, get to stay open. You? I mean, yeah. Wouldn't you all consider that? Um, yes. Yes. Safe sex. That's a medical necessity, right? Or, or I just, think if they yeah, sell or, condoms, they can be in. I guess so. I, I was thinking safe sex, but in the sense of COVID, yes, that is safe sex. Yeah, <laughs> By true. yourself. By yourself. By yourself. <laughs> yeah, with your hand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the safest of all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For now. Right. Um, it's like when you go to the doctor and they're like, when's the last time you had sex? Like, well, with someone or... <laughs> <laughs> hmm. What's your definition? Right. So today, folks, we are here to talk about 
sex and a few various aspects of what might be similar and different between gay men and lesbians. And we are going to just dive into it and see where we go. Yeah. Um, because I know nothing about penises. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't either. No. <laughs> I don't either. I do a lot of research though. Okay. Yeah. Well, to be fair, like, uh, yeah, I'm totally down. I'm t- super excited to have this conversation. And uh, just to be fair, just to th- for your listeners to mm-hmm. know, my perspective will always be for my own. So I'm a Latinx queer gay man. Well, I guess pan since I've had sex with a trans man before. Okay. So that's that's for my perspective. I'm not speaking for all gay men. It, mm-hmm. You know, sex is very different for all of us. And I just wanted to make sure that I'm not like speaking from my own perspective, not speaking for every gay man in the world. Because oh. that would, that would I, could, I could not. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's part of what society knows now and we've been learning it for the last several decades is that sex comes in every different kind of flavor it's not just chocolate or vanilla right yeah and we're here to just talk about a couple of our own experiences and our own stories and and provide you our experience yeah no for sure we're not here to tell you what to do but maybe you can get some some insight here hopefully yeah i think that my mind is about to be blown hopefully mine too I'm excited. I, you know, vaginas, penises, and all in between. Yeah, yeah. I think I definitely want to start off by asking and then sharing. Okay. Like we, the only I think the one thing we have in common in this space is that we weren't taught how to have sex in school. Correct. Like sex was very much taught in a very heteronormative lens. Yes. Um, I was, and that's if we even got any type of sex education at school. Yeah. I got it at sixth grade and that's when puberty ha- mm-hmm. hits. Right. And I remember we would be split up into between guys and girls. So someone would be t- educating all the guys yep. in the class and someone would teach the girls. And then we would have always a time where we would be able to ask questions. And I remember during that time during puberty, like my normal wet dream was about guys. Like okay. that was a normal everyday wet dream, you mm-hmm. know, waking up in the middle of the night and be like, what the fuck happened? What is this? Mm-hmm. I, I, Cause I honestly, I kid you not. I did not know what jizz was oh, man. when I first experienced like an orgasm. I, I thought it was like, okay. in, like wrong pee. Like I was like, something's wrong with me. Oh, like I'm sick. Like I'm sick. Okay. I'm going to die. Like I, is it is because I'm also yeah. being Catholic. I was like, is this part of my torture of being Catholic and oh, jacking no. off? Is that this is like a punishment? Oh, man. And I remember being like tempted to like talking to my mom or dad mm-hmm. about like, what is this goo yeah. <laughs> that's coming out of me? Yikes. It feels great, but it, I don't know what this is. Yeah. So, I mean, at least sex ed taught me what cum was. Okay. So I was like, okay, this is normal. Score one for the sex ed exactly. curriculum right there. Um, but I remember there was, there was times where we were able to ask questions and I remember asking the class, like I remember anonymously, mm-hmm. I remember asking like, is it normal to have um, what dreams about other guys yeah um of course all the other guys giggled they were like oh that's hella gay or whatever yeah. um but the teacher was like yeah that's perfectly normal people do that all the time mm-hmm. but that was like the end of that was, that was the end we of never this. heard more about like gay sex yeah oh man no i could see that being a thing that guys have to deal with when they're especially that young it's like oh what and they'll just happen especially because like we don't we don't have wet dreams really like right like we're not gonna women don't have what not like you guys oh i don't think right like we're not gonna have to change the sheets or our pajamas after and like at least for me typically like 
there's no completion in the dream. Like uh, when you wake up, it's like, oh, this kind of hurts. Oh, it, it, hurts? Hurts? it hurts? Yeah, like when I'm really turned on, it hurts. Oh, Ow. That's not... Well, well turned on and like not doing anything about it. Like blue balls. Yes. Okay. Oh. And as, soon as, I, as soon as I start touching myself, it feels good. But it's like, it's like, it's like that area is just like begging to be. Oh, okay. interesting. So it's Touched. like blue ovaries. I've never heard of blue, blue ovaries. ovaries. <laughs> yes. Because blue balls does suck. I could imagine. It hurts a lot. And what I'm talking about, like, I feel like it's way less bad than what I've heard like blue balls is. Like, it's like, it's just like, yeah, this needs to be taken yeah, care yeah, yeah. of Cause, now. Because <laughs> do blue balls just go away? Or do you um, have to? So, I mean, it's been a long time since I've had blue balls. I mean, blue good, balls. right? Yeah. Um, what I remember is that I just, I it was, a, to me at least, it was, it was, it hurt to the point where you don't even want to touch it. Like, you're just like, it hurts oh. so much that it just not even releasing or relieving mm. myself will feel good from what I recall. That's so the last time I had tough. it, which is like years ago. That sounds awful. I mean, I'm sure it's not as bad as other things. Like, like a period. But I think as I think as men, we're more fragile. I think men we're more fragile than <laughs> yeah. women. I think yeah. women are so strong, so resilient when it comes to pain in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for us, like in that area, like I think it's just we're like, ooh, but yeah. it might not be as bad. But I mean, again, pain is relative. Oh, of course, yeah. So. Um, I used to teach in a middle school, high school. So it was seventh through 12th grade, all in one school. And the eighth graders were going around sack tapping each other. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's gay. You got like, what, what, first of all, you're just willingly going around touching each other's genitals. Exactly. Not funny. But then the girls got in on it too. And so they had to bring the entire eighth grade class into the room. And the health teacher was like, you can't do this. Like, first of all, keep your hands to yourself and all that uh, in general. Mm -hmm. But like guys feel pain differently. If they get hit in the junk, it hurts. It's like debilitating. Whereas, you know, like you kick me between the legs. It's going to hurt. But like- if you gently try and sack tap me, I'm just going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. Like, why, why are you even doing this <laughs> right. in the middle of Safeway? Why are you sack tapping? Right. Me? Yeah. 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 Um, on the baseball field, the shortstop sack tapped the second baseman at one point during practice and the second baseman just dropped, didn't get up, like could not stand for 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, okay, why do you guys think that this like, no, no, this is why we have, um, I think that's why there's cups and jock straps. Yep. Other yep. than just jock straps being very hot to wear, of course. But right, not just for the gay porn. Yeah, that's I what mean, I thought. Straight, jock I actually don't know if straight porn has men in jocks. That'd be interesting. I might need to do some that's research on that. Yeah, fans, let us know. So for you, so I was on the sixth grade mm-hmm. straight heteronormative yep. sex. So what about both of you? At my school, um, growing up, like we had sex ed. I think in sixth and seventh, no, seventh and eighth grade, and it was definitely abstinence only education. In seventh grade, we like our health teacher, who looking back was almost definitely a lesbian, <laughs> told us absolutely under no circumstances have sex with a man before you're married to him. And even after that, boil him in hot water for an hour before you do. And someone was like, Won't that kill him? And she's like, Haha, yeah, that's the point. And hashtag feminism. So in seventh grade, they told told us never have sex ever <laughs> were you even at a religious school no this, this was, was a public school oh yeah, wow. same here and then really yeah. okay and then eighth grade they we'd 
during sex education, they passed out like Hershey's Kisses that had like different colored foil wrappers. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all of you guys just had sex once. And then they like, like they read uh, out like- I, I remember that activity. They read out like what the different colors meant happened to you. And like only two of the people, like nothing happened to them. And everyone else in the room of like- 50 students it was like well you got AIDS you got pregnant you got another STD so like out of 50 people only having sex once 50 people only two of them ended up having zero consequences that's not the statistics guys not the statistics Um, I mean maybe if you're in a room of 50 people and you're having sex with only those 50 people maybe yes maybe if you've all had sex with each other yeah only only each other multiple (laughs) times yeah only then maybe right yeah Right, not just each other in the room once. Right, all of you guys had sex once, and so which means, <laughs> which means twenty four of you at least had a pre existing STD. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh wait, I was like, yeah, you're right. There's you split the class in half. Interesting. Unless you, I mean, yeah, that's interesting. No, I remember that activity with Skittles or something. Mm-hmm. Um, did you also do like a flower baby? What? Where you had to carry like a sack of flour. Oh, like for a week, and you got paired up heteronormatively, so mm-hmm. a guy and a girl, and you would just carry it around, and like it was your baby, like it was your baby, and yeah. that was your way of showing you that you're not ready for kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I didn't care. We didn't do that, but like they did make us watch a video of a birth, like, like I mean, of, that's enough to of stop like between it, right? the woman's legs, like watching the baby come out. <laughs> no, yeah, and they're like, "This is what happens to you when you have sex." So like, they taught us nothing about what sex actually was, but they made us watch a woman's crotch while out of it. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that. Oh my god, no, that's so painful. And like, what sixteen-year-old is ready to see that? Oh, we were not sixteen; we were thirteen. Yeah, oh I was god. younger. <laughs> yeah, I was a lot younger. Yikes! But and I- then I, once I got to high school, they stopped talking to us at, about sex at all yeah they never again talked to us about sex because like hmm. unless you took a unless there was a class specifically for that but i don't remember there being like an extra credit class to yeah. teach you about sex there was like home ec was i think mm-hmm. it was just that's what to do after the sack yeah, of flour yeah, is born exactly. right my my health class taught us about the warning signs of schizophrenia but didn't teach us about sex oh we had a psychology class that made us watch carrie and learn about multiple personalities but public education in the united states that's what that movie's about i mean those were both (laughs) things in the class (laughs) like i said education in in the united states everyone this is what we get yeah all i got was in fifth grade at a public school um similar to you jose they split up the boys and girls the boys like watched their pre-made movie and were done and out on the play- playground and we could hear them. And then mm-hmm. all the girls stayed for like two hours extra because the teacher was like, I'll answer every question you guys write down. Mm-hmm. And you just anonymously wrote, wrote down your questions. And so girls were like, does it hurt to use a tampon? Like, are we supposed to use tampons? Does it hurt to have sex? Yeah. Should this hurt? And basically everything was like hurt, 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 hurt. Because you hear you're going to be bleeding from the groin for you know, five to 13 days a month. Yeah. And that kind of sucks, right? Like if your mother hasn't explained it to you, that's what you hear. Like flashback to that scene in My Girl where she thinks she's hemorrhaging because nobody told her what a period is. I remember that. To be fair, her mom was dead. Listen, (laughs) we get it. Damn, her dead mother. That that is so interesting though. I, I think it's such an interesting complex and I wonder how that 
implicated your relationship with sex as being queer, right? Mm-hmm. Where it sounds like with with your education, at least with your what you shared, is that there seems to be a lot of fear and concern and a lot of like um, fear mongering mm-hmm. of the notion of having sex. Where with men, and I think that's what the issue is with men when it comes to sex, especially with other women, yeah. is that there's never there was never a conversation about us and our responsibility when it comes to sex yeah it always seemed to be placed on the woman like it always seemed to be like oh it's still yeah it yeah still i do is. remember yeah. i do remember girls being in that class longer than us because because mm-hmm. in our i mean we were in elementary school but even then like i was probably one of the few people brave enough to actually ask questions the rest of them were just like like giggling yeah. and zero fucks given and i think that's what kind of i think implements or impacts our way that we see mm-hmm. sex sometimes i think no i th- i would agree with that i could definitely see that that's a valid argument and i wonder also um i know some schools will give the sex ed class to the boys like a year or two later because they mature slower than girls and so in our fifth grade class there was already a couple of girls who had already started getting their periods mm-hmm. and the rest of us knew it was within two years like uh, and that's a that's a drastic change. Yeah. To all of a sudden be having a period that you have to deal with and not knowing what to do about that. Like what? It's a huge change. And I would also love to have this opinion from a straight woman. Like I never really thought very much about having sex with a guy. And so that that pain part never really entered my mind. But I wonder if that's something that straight women ever think about well, I mean, based like, on the questions that the you were hurt. based on the questions like, that you shared that that was shared yeah. in the class it sounded like there was a lot of concern of fear of pain or mm-hmm. where we didn't really talk about that we yeah. didn't ask if it would hurt like excuse me is it gonna hurt if you take it up the ass like yes you need <laughs> poppers like, right. yes imagine that in fifth grade like i don't i mean I oh don't, my gosh i don't well, think they educated like that now but not quite, but I think that I think that we're getting better. I think that we're progressing. I do wonder what curriculum looks now. And mm-hmm. again, I think we, like we were talking about earlier offline that there's a lot of folks that are that are developing their identities in very different ways now. But I think a lot of it has to do because there's access to information. So oh yeah, if they're not teaching you appropriately in school, then um, you go and search for it. And mm-hmm. I think that's where then that's kind of what my journey became as my sexuality became more prevalent mm-hmm. um and i started exploring more on my dial-up aol yeah. <laughs> internet um was that i constantly sought out attractive men naked okay. hot men and you were aware of that at the time yeah i, okay. I mean i wasn't out i mm-hmm. just i went off of the oh it's normal i mean based on that comment it's normal I never i never outed myself i never said it but definitely my spank bank items were mostly yeah. all, all in all was were just um, men like even when i saw straight porn like as kids with like when you bullshit with your friends or whatever you know you walk it watch it together and you're giggling like mm-hmm. i was mostly attracted to like the penis in the movie yeah and i was the women like i would fast forward the lesbian scenes because yeah. i was like i'm not attracted to this whatsoever <laughs> i just like to see the penis mm-hmm. and just see the penis so i think so even then, like, yeah. but then you're, but you never see, at least when I was watching straight porn at the time, I never saw like, how does it work for a gay man? Like, I don't have a vagina. So right. 
does it go up my butt? Like, is that the way it works? Like, yeah. even then, like... Does it make its own lube? No. No, <laughs> no it doesn't. No, it um, doesn't. So, like, it's very much, like, soft, self-taught because your parents are not going to have sex yeah. conversations about you having gay sex. But then also where it comes to, you know, self-taught, yes, we can look things up and definitely the generation now has access to way more information, like, in the palm of their hand, literally, where, like you said, we would have to save it to the family computer in the living room, right? Like Under file, no. under file, under file, under file. Right, under file. yep, yep, yep. Katie's homework, history, no need to read it. Exactly. <laughs> but that also means you're going to be learning from your the first few partners you have, which I am sure is, straight, is true of straight couples, but at least straight couples have some kind of baseline to go off of, whereas queer folks really don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I, I think what's important and I think especially in that development phase, especially as you're going through puberty, is mm-hmm. very much the the importance of self-exploration. Yes. I think that part, at least for me, was hard because raised Catholic, you have that Catholic guilt. Yes. It's always embedded that, you know, save into your marriage or it's a sin. Like, or, yep. you know, whatever, jacking off is a sin because you're releasing baby or whatever like you're releasing opportunities into the world oh, that are not into a vagina opportunities. uh yeah. so i think so so there was a lot of, i remember the first couple i kid you not the first couple of times that i came mm-hmm. i went from like enjoying it to then having that shame or guilt of doing that i enjoyed it which is exactly why they do it that's exactly why they I don't, maybe i don't i mean i should i can ask but yeah Let's ask all those priests. <laughs> right. Let's, uh, let's ask why they shame people from from pleasure. But I think it's just I, I don't know why, but I think it's it's hard to then turmoil because I constantly would be like I would be like when it, it was like a cycle. And I, even even now I kind of have the cycle differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, you know, look up sexy n- naked men or I would find magazines of my mom's favorite like soap <laughs> opera yeah. magazine or whatever. And I would jack off. And then feel good about it. And then honestly was like then going into shame or guilt of like, I'm never doing this again. This is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. And then like, so then you go feeling, then you feel like shit. Yeah. And then a couple days later you forget or whatever. And so it's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. Even having to confess that I did that was so uncomfortable for me that I was like, because, you know, as Catholics, we have to confess our Mm -hmm. sins, jacking off the sin. And being there with the priest and being like, oh, uh, yeah, I jacked off five times. And then for him to say like, oh, do five Hail Marys. I'm like, yeah. how does this work? <laughs> is it just one Hail Mary per like right? per load? Yeah, is it- like- so I- that was interesting. Would he ever give you any guidance about that? Or the it was priest? right. Yeah. OK. Oh. What am I thinking? <laughs> so so my parents, I feel like actually or my mom, my mom actually handled that very well. OK, I started masturbating very early, like around like four or five. Ooh, I would like that's a thing early. like yeah. mount like um, the sides of couches oh. or like um, door frames and like just like rub myself there because I like, like it felt good. Mm, yeah. And my mom was like, that's a totally fine thing to do. But if you're going to do that, you can't you have to do it in your room. Like mm. it's a very private thing. Mm. Like there's nothing wrong with it, but you have to do it by yourself. Yeah. I feel like that's what I plan to do as a parent being like, there's nothing wrong with yeah. it but it's just it's it's something that you would never do in public <laughs> unless you're getting paid for it <laughs> right and then we'll talk numbers <laughs> yeah. not at that young age but that's that's so that's mm. that's interesting and 
It's normal for kids to do that, both boys and girls. I think that Ashley's mom, that's a good approach because it is, it's you, it's your own body. It's not a stranger touching you. It's not an adult touching you. You're, you're not even aware at that age why you're doing it, except for that. It feels good. There's not a sexual component to it that your brain understands. Yeah. True. I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I I don't, I don't blame my parents for, Mm. for, for that. I think, Especially if you, if you have religion as a backbone of like a, a embedded into your culture or yeah. the way of your upbringing, there's you don't know any better or any differently because it's like it's also then you're also told like I'm sure my parents got the same mm-hmm. if, even if they did it. I mean, even then when my parents were growing up, sex was more of a way to have more bodies to be able yeah. to do have free labor when, yeah. because my parents are from Mexico, so they 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 did a lot of farm working and. The more kids you had, mm-hmm. the more free labor you had to be able to cult to to make more profit. Yeah. So I think even then, like I think sex has changed in in the way that we see it. Like, oh, absolutely. Because even then, like for me, as I got older, I think my sixteenth my sixteenth birthday, I had a girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel natural to okay. me to be with her. Um, we didn't have sex, like even kissing. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, this Ew. is not right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I made it my goal that I would, that I would find out like, what is this that I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. Right. Not knowing any better. I mean, I got on again, AOL. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went on the, they had chat rooms for men for men. Mm-hmm. And I made it the goal that I would, that I would have sex with a guy because I needed to know if when I, when you were it. 16, when I was 16. Okay. Um, so and at the time, I, I was living with my parents. They, I, I made it so I, I made an arrangement. It was an arrangement. Like it was a lot of, it was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, my parents were going out of town. We were supposed to stay with my uncle. Um, so I told my parents that I stayed with my uncle, mm-hmm. and then I told my uncle else to stay with my friend. Yep. So I would have the house to myself. Classic. And um, I invited the guy over. Mm-hmm. Um, he was twenty three. Uh, huge, huge, okay. huge, 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 too huge for a first timer um i remember i i I remember mostly pain Mm -hmm. and at some point in time there was there was a sensation like oh this feels like normal or this feels better than i thought it would with your girlfriend also yeah Yeah. well i mean i never had sex with i'm I'm a platinum well i guess not really um i've never had sex with a girl Um, gold star well, I've had sex with a trans man, but I guess that's different. I mean, I don't know what I mean. Not that I'm, oh. I still I still consider okay. them men. So it, yeah, to me, it's like still man. very much. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I remember. I remember you know him. Come you know him doing his thing and him leaving. Um. I remember not being able to sleep in my bed because the amount of shame that I had. But oh. I also knew that I also liked it. Mm-hmm. So it was like turmoil. Oh, like I wouldn't. I don't think I slept that night because of just like constantly how, where my yeah. head was. Of like, did I really do this? Did I really like this? um you know and that kind of thing so it was just it's like it's it's interesting that that i mean i can i remember other i mean i've had i've heard stories from other gay couples of like having to have sex in the bushes or having Mm -hmm. which is still a thing i guess yeah i mean i'm sure it is um but like going on gay.com and you know pairing each other up or whatever so i think like randomly well not randomly like you would okay i mean i guess random in the sense that maybe both people didn't have pictures in their profiles and stuff like even that still exists to this day with grinder and stuff that there's like blank profiles but even then like for me sex i think at that moment became a way of like self-exploration but then it also Mm -hmm. clicked in the sense that i also then believe that having relationships with men would always involve 
sex, if that makes sense. So I always led mm. with that. I became, actually, I do remember, not, oh my God, I'm like having an epiphany. There we go. I, I think after that moment, I became really overly sexualized mm-hmm. in the sense that like I would say really sexual things to people like, all that like i mean i still kind of have that thing i'm, I'm sure we mm. talked about this before i still do that thing where like i may make sexual comments if it met if it meets up because it makes sense Duh. but it's like it but it's but it was mm-hmm. like to a level where i think i was like overcompensating mm-hmm. because of the shame or the guilt right i can see that so i played baseball with boys all growing up from the oh, time nice. i was like four to 25 and i used to think that the guys were perverts, right? And I could hang with them and I could have, you know, jokes and stuff when when they called for it and that was fine. And then I went to my first women's baseball tournament and the group of lesbians we had in there made so many more sexual jokes. I was like, oh my God, my people. I didn't know that women were allowed to joke like this. Yeah. I thought this was only guys, like boys being boys. Hell no, girls have jokes too. Like girls like sex too. That's still a concept that the world has seems to not have figured out yet. But it's like you're finally in a place where you can be yourself. And that joke that you're thinking, you know someone else in the dugout is thinking it too. And so that's what makes it funny. And so I hear you and I hear what you're saying about, you know, like being over-sexualized. And maybe that's true for, for how old you were. But I think that we make that break of thinking we get to be sexualized when we haven't been allowed to for our entire lives. And then all of a sudden we're in a place where it's okay to make a sexual comment. It's okay to think about sex. Yeah. I mean, or at least, yeah, I think, I think that's true. Um, I think for me, especially being the only gay, I was closeted gay guy in my group of friends. I think I always tried to like, prove that i was not gay and i think that's where mm. i think my overly sexual jokes yeah. kind of played a part okay um i mean now i realize that that's kind of how it what happened mm-hmm. uh, i didn't realize that until now uh this is very therapeutic this is why we do the show yeah, man exactly. right here <laughs> yeah. and i think something that i am envious of when it comes to most relationships that are that are between two women mm-hmm. or multiple women or just women in general is that they're there, which again, this is my perception because I'm not a lesbian. Mm-hmm. But I think there's this there's this beauty in 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 that in that in your your community mm-hmm. of that you value each other as people. At least I it, yes. from the outside in, if it looks that way, yeah. where I think within the gay community, at times I feel like it's all all we can do is offer our sex mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of like the road that that I kind of am still on and navigating or deconstructing mm-hmm. is that like recognizing that I'm more than just my body or to offer my body. Right. Um, because, you know, not talking about it openly with my parents and then coming out. Um, there's a lot of sense of like, how do I do this? Like, yeah. Or what's the, what's, I mean, it's not to say that there's a wrong or white way of doing mm-hmm. it, but it was like, what is, what is, what is healthy look like? Well, right. And when you don't have a baseline or when your baseline is sleeping with someone who's 23 years old and too big for you and you not being, being maybe ready physically or mentally for that. I think that that's a huge difference than you and a 16 year old girl going through the same thoughts and nervousness at the same time right and like that's something that we get too um i like to say that gay people 
kind of have a second puberty when they get to college and realize that they're gay. Cause I think that happens a lot. It's, you know, it's usually like your first or second year in college for a lot of people, if they don't have, um, if they don't have exposure to gay people when they're younger. And so it's those first couple of years, especially if you live away from home that you're finally able to be like, Oh my gosh, maybe this is what's wrong with me. This is what's going on. And so you have all those nervous feelings and those butterflies and you know, like your palms get sweaty when you're talking to someone that you really have never had before. And so, whereas a lot of other people have had them when they're 12, 13, 14 and they work through those. And so now they can talk to someone that they're attracted to and not, seem like they're drooling all over themselves. I think that lesbians, maybe gay men as well, kind of have to go through that process again when they're in their early 20s. I mean, yeah. I mean, even even me, like I like it's about I'm constantly like rediscovering or re reconditioning myself to to see myself in a different way, Mm -hmm. which sometimes it takes time more than others. Right. But I think you're right. Like, I think we go through phases of, of growth. And I think now where I'm at, at the young age of, of 32 is that I, I, I want something more long-term. Mm-hmm. So like I'm no longer using sex as my handshake when I introduce myself to right. someone as I did when I first moved here or any, anytime I moved to somewhere new, um, <laughs> yeah. I got to feel out the local scene. That's right. Fine. Yeah. That's I mean, fine. you kind of have to, um, or you're told that you should. Um, right. um so I think that's kind of like where I'm at now is that I, I see myself beyond just having sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I'm good at it. I'm very passionate about it. That's good. Trust and believe. <laughs> oh, uh, I believe. <laughs> and I want to make sure that I'm giving that passion to the appropriate person. Because mm-hmm. I think I was just honestly giving, I think I did a hab- I had a habit of like giving myself like my mind, body and soul to someone. Mm-hmm. And I would be very passionate. And I always get, I always got that from people yeah. of like, you're so passionate. Like you're so intense. Like mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but then they'd be like, okay, I'm done. So talk yeah. to you later. I'm like, okay, well that was. That's not why I was passionate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a mark of maturity though on your part and I think that that is something that we all go through no matter when that time comes you know some of us are ready to have a long-term relationship in our 40s some people are ready in their mid-20s right it's a wide span I think and I think that that is all just a part of sexual maturity and your maturity about how you view relationships but it's not even just necessarily maturity because I think even me framing it that way as mature is now saying that it is immature to go sleep with people. It's not, you're allowed to do whatever you want. It's you are figuring out what you want for your life at that time. And you are the only person who can make that decision. And so if you want to go be a slut, which we like to classify as a negative connotation, go do it. (laughs) Like there's no slut shaming. Go sleep with whoever you want. Do it safely. Yeah. I think, yeah, I I think it's very much like how you feel about your decisions. And I think again, depending on your upbringing, you may feel shamed about doing it. Um, and I mean, there are, there might be folks that do shame others, but again, like I, we all different strokes for different folks. And Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a wrong or right way approaching it. I mean, I mean, again, I don't regret, my journey sexual journey because it got me to where i am today that's good you know yeah at the start of the i mean and i think you're right like i think my i think the fact that i started at 16 i think i started earlier than all my friends Mm -hmm. i think that also then gave me somewhat of a maturity level because i was very more sexually positive and Mm -hmm. they actually guys and girls would come to me and be like hey like you talk so openly about sex yeah i actually have some questions Oh, that's excellent. So then that kind of became a thing of, and actually became like a sex ed um, uh, health 
sex ed educator in college awesome. because I enjoyed having those discussions mm-hmm. and I, I never, I, well, I mean, at some point I think I eventually got over the shame or the guilt and I wanted to make sure that sex wasn't taboo. Right. There was more of like a space for everyone to go about. Yeah. And I think maybe and that probably came from having sex earlier, you know? Well, and I think that that could be part of your, you know, Catholic upbringing as well, where you're just made to feel shame or even if they're not deliberately trying to shame you, it's something that's a taboo topic. You're not supposed to talk about. You're not supposed to be getting advice from your parents. Um, I knew sex was okay because I knew where my dad's porn magazines were. (laughs) Right? Like, I didn't have that. They were in the bathroom cabinet, a huge friggin' stack of them, and then also in his underwear drawer. You don't want your children to find your stack of porn magazines don't make them do your laundry if you keep it in your underwear drawer right like i found it when i was like 10 years old like huh well but he's married huh all right i guess we can read these yeah (laughs) you know like that is there there much reading no no it's just for the articles yeah Yeah. no um and then when my brother was young you know young early high school um my dad was out of the house by then and so my mom kind of pulled him aside and was like I know you're watching porn or I know you have these magazines, whatever, like go for it. Like you said, in your room, like we don't need to know about it. Yeah. If you need anything, let me know. If you need condoms, oh, whatever, okay. like let me know. Poppers. I need poppers, mom. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but she was also like, just so you know, these noises that they make in porn is fake. Like the their bodies are fake like they're this is not what real women look like and you better be looking for something more than just sex from your and so i could only imagine what that conversation was like for him but he ended up with his own stash of magazines and my mom was like they're here if you need them and you know by by the time he rolled around he was 10 years younger than me internet was way better you know we all had our own cell phones by then and it was just the information was easier to access. In in high school, I worked at the cafe inside of a Borders, mm. um, and they sell they sold adult magazines, but they were like inside like opaque black covers. Like okay, you couldn't see what was inside it until you bought it. It's like a mystery Except box. Except people would occasionally like rip off the the black cover Mm -hmm. and like not even take it, but like actually jerk off like in the magazine (gasps) aisle. And so they were like, yeah. So if you ever see one of those without the black cover, like don't touch it, like immediately like go tell a manager and they'll take care of it. But they were like, they were very specifically like, don't even touch it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they wouldn't even take it to the restroom. No, like in the aisle. Got it. That is rough. So I have to ask since, since you, it, it sounds like y'all were taught that it was okay to have sex. And, um, I, and I was taught not to. So I started at 16. Mm-hmm. When was your first? So I do want to preface that my mom taught it was uh, it was okay. Yeah. My dad told us we could do anything we want as long as we don't come home pregnant. Mm. So he, he told that to a car full of three teenage girls and a 12-year-old boy. Mm. <laughs> And, well, he would be able to come home on the Well, time, right. And so all of us are like, so he gets nothing? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? So the very next day, we made margaritas out of the fruit tray at my cousin's fifth birthday party. <laughs> and I served my 13-year-old sister a margarita. I was like, here you go. 
we're allowed to do anything we want. Oh, and my dad okay. is like, like, wait, fuck. Yeah. Like, God damn it. My mom's like, you did this. Like yeah. you, you did this. Um, so yeah, my dad was very much like, you shouldn't be having sex. You shouldn't be having sex, but also we're the girls, right? We lead with three girls. And I think that that's gotta be a different mindset for a father to have. Yeah. Thinking about his daughter having sex versus his son. Yeah, because woo-woo, right? Right. right. Woo-woo. So I was 19. Or was I one of those? I was 18. Um, but I actually, I I didn't realize until I was probably like in high school, mid-high school, that masturbation was at all related to sex. Oh. <laughs> really? I Go on. Well, I because like, because when I started, like it wasn't me like thinking of any other person. It was just like, mm. I know this thing that makes me feel good. Yeah. Okay. And then it wasn't until I think like cause I, I didn't I didn't read porn or I didn't <laughs> I didn't watch porn and I didn't like read magazines. My thing was that I would read like erotic fan fiction. So I would read Ooh. like R-rated Harry Potter fan fiction to get off. Ooh. And I was, like that. And it okay. was actually like reading that that I realized that the things that I did to myself was sexual so like that's how i i made the bridge between that and i was mm-hmm. like at least in ninth grade if not further into high school by the time i realized that like that thing was related at all to sex interesting i think that they should teach that masturbation is okay in schools you know like that's the safest way to avoid a pregnancy if you're going to do something right because abstinence only doesn't work so in yeah. states where they teach something other than abstinence only, I wonder if now their curriculum is a bit more open-minded. I doubt it. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know. But I yeah. think I think there is a beauty in masturbation because, again, like I said, it's self-exploration. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I talked to one of my girlfriends in college was that she um, was always afraid of coming. Oh. And because it, she just was like, her body couldn't take it. Okay. And what I was telling her is like, was like, well, girl, have you, you know, touched yourself? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, have you done it to yourself? Um, and she's like, no, I've never. And I was like, well, maybe you should start there. That way then you can kind of know what works, what doesn't. That way then if you self-pleasure and you're able to, you know, reach orgasm, mm-hmm. then you can, you can kind of, your body can more normalize it. Yeah. And trust and believe she listened mm-hmm. and um, she, she thanked me of course, cause she was then able to get, be able to like let go and actually like go. Right. That makes sense. That's good. Yeah. And I think, so I think there, I think there is a beauty in that mm-hmm. uh, because then you know what your likes and don't likes are. Oh yeah. You learn what you like and then you can take that information and make for a better sexual experience with your partner. You can tell them exactly what you do and don't like. And yeah. then we even launch into a whole thing that could be a completely separate episode of getting to know what your partner likes and doesn't like and how to maximize your sexual chemistry there. Um, I think that's a huge topic yeah. and starts with people There's, being able to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it starts with yourself and being of able course. to know what those are mm-hmm. and then to have those conversations. Cause I think, there's even like sometimes there's a power dynamic and I don't know if that exists within lesbian community or lesbian mm-hmm. sex, but like the notion of like 
of a top or a bottom mm-hmm. and who is who's in the driver's seat who should be getting pleasured and, and again there's different there's so many different um venues or cultures within even the gay community oh, and course. sex because there's like a top dom there's a top there's a bottom dom there's mm-hmm. a top submissive bottom submissive like there's so many different ways of doing it but i think sometimes in the gay at least in the gay sex sometimes Mm -hmm. it still comes out very heteronormative that if you're the top you should be in the driver's seat you should be the one getting pleasured right so a lot of times like because i'm i'm versed but i have lately i've been like in the past couple years i've been more of a bottom Mm -hmm. um like there's been a lot of situations more recently where like the guy gets off and he's like okay gotta go or you gotta go where then as the bottom you're still like um, I'm not done, but they're like, no, well, I'm done. So I'm going to roll over and go to bed. <laughs> so, oh no, that's terrible. So I don't, so I don't know if that kind of dynamics even yeah. exists, but even then to communicate that, like I still struggle as a bottom to communicate at times to communicate when I'm bottom and I should say mm-hmm. to communicate what I enjoy and what I should like, I want them to do things. Okay. Um, because I, I think automatically cause I was conditioned to just be more submissive and mm-hmm. just kind of, you know do as I, I was told well and it seems like that would be the natural state of being a bottom and what society tells you society tells you you're not really supposed I mean, to I wonder i mean i wonder if that's right? different for Is others that, okay I, I think there's times where i it depends on my mood i can i could be more, and I, or, or more comfortable with someone if i've hooked up with them more frequently that i'm mm-hmm. more communicative of like do what you did last time or do this or do that okay. um but at times it's just more of like all right fine i'll give you head and yeah well, you know bend over some poppers and go in and you're done okay great like it's just yeah. like it's just so um while it's fun in the moment it is also then just kind of very empty i was just gonna say it does not sound like you're fulfilled i mean yeah i guess not but i think uh-huh. that's why i, I might have might have mentioned in previous conversations that we've had on podcasts is that while i might have led with sex i'm realizing that i was never really into hooking up mm-hmm. but i was just i just kind of fell into the culture of hooking up because yeah. I, I thought that's what all gay men did right and i didn't have any other example mm-hmm. so i think now that i know differently i think it's i think my relationship and how i view it is different okay so one of my questions is do you think that your tendency to want to hook up when you were younger is more of a reflection on the young gay scene or are gay people, gay men in their thirties also hooking up just as frequently or is that a a 22 year old thing? So for my, I can answer this from my own experience. Mm -hmm. I think, I think I was conditioned to believe that it was only hooking up because a, I was hooking up with older men. I'm constantly been only interested in Mm this. So seeing that in my, connections or the my meetups that it was mostly older men mm-hmm. and all they did was like mess around so then i thought well then there's nothing other than this at least at the time yeah um it hasn't been into more recently that i've actually you know have made friends with couples gay couples that have healthy and successful relationships yeah. um that I, I think i've been more inspired to kind of strive for that okay but for the long i think I, there was a point in my 20s where i was just like i'm just gonna have sex the rest of my life not really care yeah zero f's given like i but i think that's a very self-defeating um self is very self-defeating because you then start to believe that all you have to offer another man is just sex that's and i think that's what happens i think it i mean not everyone's like this but i think being having been on grinder for such a long time having my own experiences i think that we as men don't know how to deal with our sense of loneliness and mm. i think sex is the most tangible thing that we can that we can in, in creating a connection because okay. we know that we can 
somehow turn each other on or mm-hmm. we're turned on by each other. Mm-hmm. So so if you feel lonely or or you're whatever, then you'll go to that because that's tangible. That's a connection there. You have we have that in common. It's also a gateway to be intimate without exposing your vulnerability. Yeah. And I think we are, we're not, I think as men, we're not taught. We're not, like I said, mm-hmm. like going back to like my sex ed class, like we're not taught to be vulnerable, right? to be courageous, to, to be, to have those questions very mm-hmm. openly. So yeah, like you're right. Like it's very easy for us to offer our bodies, but yet maybe not even know each other's Zodiac sign or even names right. at times. <laughs> right. Right. Like, uh, you know, um, or other things that matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I even, I, I find myself having conversations with a lot of gay men now and I'm constantly like having, it helps me remind myself, but I remind them too. Like, or I affirm them. I'm like, Hey, you're more than just your body. Like, yeah. I appreciate our conversations. I appreciate what you have to share with your mm-hmm. mind. Um, so I even, even then, like it's something that we're constantly having to deconstruct just because of how the culture teaches us. And I think mostly for, especially as for gay men of color, mm-hmm. it's a very white centric um, environment yeah so we go based upon that so even us as as queer men of color we we have to unlearn mm-hmm. what maybe we were taught by white gay folks yeah um to be able to then cultivate our own kind of narrative or our own road of what healthy sex looks like or what it should be like mm-hmm. outside of of it just being our bodies right that's oh man I mean, do y'all have like, do y'all, I don't even like, I'm sure you, I mean, do you lead with sex? So, like, okay. So let's, let's back up because you asked a couple of very good questions um, along the way. And so the first one that I want to tackle is the mutual respect that you said that you think that lesbians have for each other. Or the, the notion of like wanting to know more mm-hmm. than just like sex. So I would say that's a big time. Yes. Like overall for the vast majority. Yes. That's also why you see lesbians being friends with exes so often is because we have taken the time to develop a intellectual, mental, spiritual connection with that person. We know we get along with them, but for whatever reason, we should not date them, right? Like they're still going to be in our lives. I think the sex comes soon after. However, that's for relationships. Lesbians definitely still like to hook up yeah. and have anonymous sex. Like that's still fine. I think during the sexual component of it, you each get off. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, and I think that depending on how you're doing it, because there are definitely different models that you can use, but, but for the most time, like the vanilla average lesbian sex is going to be each woman gets off and they're taking turns because there's just not a ton of body positions where it feels great for you to both be getting off at the same time okay there are a couple (laughs) they do exist but yeah it's just kind of like you go then i go but also for women we can recover so then you go again and then i go again and so it can it can last hours really you know it can go as fast as you know 15 minutes if you want yeah or it can last hours because it's like oh you're about to come i'll just slow down and i'll touch this part instead or i'll do this part instead and <laughs> we need a fan um and you can make each other last and so then you get more of an intimate bond that way if you want to yeah yeah um we were hanging out in a hotel on <laughs> year's morning oh, no. um having fun <laughs> and in the middle we heard like the straight couple above us decide to copy us 
Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And they proceeded to have sex for like 30 seconds max. <laughs> it was like I was so like, I was going to give them eight minutes, but okay. <laughs> oh, it would, I, I felt like it was like not even a full minute. Yeah. And then it was like done. Done. Silent. Yeah. I'm like, Nothing else for the rest like, of the Oh, you definitely got the poor gold. Poor girl. Oh, you, <laughs> definitely, you definitely got the gold for sure. Right. And then like I've heard stories of straight relationships, how the man just gets off and the woman is like, okay, fine. And like some women don't even know that they're supposed to have an orgasm during sex or what, because what it that goes is so like, bad. Yeah. Right. So I can't really speak to that. I've just heard that, you know, here and there throughout my years. But it's it's interesting. I think that women usually lead with a relationship because that's how we were conditioned growing that's up. That's true too. We were conditioned to care about someone else. We were conditioned that you're not supposed to sleep with someone unless you really love him and want to have his babies, yeah. right? And and you're married. Yeah. And so I think that's a little something that each woman has to deal with on, on their own as they're yeah. growing up. And that that responsibility really has never been put on men. Men are awesome and they're players and they get high fives if they're having sex in high school. But if the girls are having high sex in high school, they're labeled a slut and nobody wants to be friends with that. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's again, the impacts of our upbringing and mm-hmm. what we're taught. I, so I would even wonder what, what is, what does lesbianism look like in younger, in, uh, younger audience or even like, Oh yeah. Like I wonder what that looks like. I wonder, are they st- having these conversations like that we were having about like questioning or mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they are. Like, I think especially like if in uh, queer household and queer people of color households, I'm sure it's still not something that is still very much mm-hmm. talked about. I mean, I, I, I'd be surprised and maybe I should yeah. start asking like my, like my older cousins that have children, I'm like, have you had those conversations with your kids? Like, what does that look like? Oh my God, absolutely. My cousin asked me to give her daughter the lesbian sex talk when mm. she was like 11. Yeah, like, I was, n- yeah I've like, never been used as a reference. <laughs> right, like yeah. she knows that I'm a lesbian. Like she understands what that is because she had to ask, right? Yeah. Like, and And we told her, we were honest. And her mom has just always been like, for your wedding to this man, or woman, like whatever. And she would get so pissed. She's like, mom, I have a boyfriend. I'm not gay. She's like, but you might be. And that's okay with me. (laughs) And she would just like keep coming back to that, which I think is hilarious. And like, yeah, she was getting a little joy out of making fun of this kid. But I coach high school sports. And so a couple of years ago, probably like eight or nine years ago at this point, I had two players that were going on a date with each other after practice and i was like what and i was sitting there hitting grounders and one of them told me and i was like my little lesbian heart cannot take this (laughs) adorableness because here we have like exactly what gay people from the past generations have been fighting for for this to just be normal and everyone on the team knew about it yeah like please on my softball team we all knew who was sleeping with what baseball player and what football player Mm -hmm. but they weren't sleeping with each other like we weren't allowed to talk about that yeah there were definitely lesbians on the team and i would love to know where they are now but yeah when my high school kids were like oh yeah we're going on a date like what awesome like that's so cool and then i learned a few days later that one of them has a date with someone else from a different sport another girl and it's fine with everybody involved like whoa so i guess yeah so i guess things have changed that was like eight years ago right like you guys are so tolerant i'm 
part of a couple lesbian um, subreddits. Um, And so like from my experience, most of what like the younger lesbians are joking about with each other is like being scared to ask girls out or like show like any kind of interest Mm -hmm. in another girl. Mm -hmm. So I think that might also like prohibit some of like the random hooking up. Like if they feel like they can't even express affection for someone they really like, like they're definitely not going to make a move just for a hookup. True. Mm -hmm. So I feel like maybe that's part of it is like they've been conditioned to like neither one of them make the first move. And so like it takes them so long to like hit on each other that once they (laughs) work up that nerve, they're like, okay, I'm not letting go of this for a while. There's in like lesbian Facebook groups and stuff. Every once in a while, someone will be like, we're all constantly talking about how we don't have anyone to date. But there's 2,000 people in this group. Like, drop your statistics below. And so everyone does. They're like, 42. Here's my selfie. Here's I don't, what I, like I to need do. to find groups like that 35. for me. I mean, I guess Grindr can do that. But again, like, Grindr, Scruff, any of those platforms mm-hmm. are very much places where people are like, if you're here. For, there's, there's people that, I guess, there are people in those platforms that carry the narrative of that. If you're in this space, you're here to hook up. So you're yeah. constantly having to comb through those people that maybe want more and think also then combating the narrative of like, why are you here if you're not wanting sex? Mm -hmm. Right. So I think if whoever's driving that narrative, I think has the power of like how we approach it. Cause Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember when I was, when I was moving around for work, like I would, I would use grinder as a way to actually build connections. But again, like Mm -hmm. not knowing that I can actually have healthy relationships with men that don't involve sex. I would constantly just have sex with the people that I would meet or become friends with because I didn't know any better. I think it hasn't been until living here in Sacramento in a couple of years now that I can say that I've actually had gay friends yeah. that I've not had sex with. Like, you, I mean, I, I might toy around with them and be like, I'm interested or like just kind of kidding. That's cute. Yeah. But like, um, but I, but I've, we've never crossed that line. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Like uh, drunk, f- drunk flirt with your friends, everyone. It's nice to receive a compliment sometimes. Right. Um, but also you being here, like you're in charge of kickball, you have gay volleyball, like you have, queer social events that are not around sex and so they're they're going to these events not yeah. being a grinder date right like yeah. they're going there with also the goal to make friends yeah hey listeners this is katie i am going to go ahead and stop our episode right here because we're kind of at a good breaking point and we recorded for a whole other hour so we will have this second part of the episode coming to you next week But for now, a little recap of what we discussed today is sex ed and us being educated in a heteronormative world and how we really don't have sex ed geared towards the queer experience in our common curriculum. Things are getting a little bit better for kids these days, especially with technology being in the palm of their hand and so much readily accessible than it was even 10 or 15 years ago. We talked about the prevalence of sex jokes in the gay community and how we might use sexualized language, perhaps because we were deprived during our formative years. We also have used it as a tool to fit in with other people. And we talked about just kind of our own experiences with sexual maturity and growth. We talked about self-exploration when it comes to sex and how the best way for you to have a great experience with your partner is to know what you want and what feels good for your own self. And we just started talking about stating your intentions with online dating. And we're going to carry on that conversation as well as go into several other subjects in next week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. 
and send your suggestions to me. If you have a topic that you'd like to hear about, please don't hesitate to reach out. I always want to hear your idea. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week. We've laughed. We've cried. We've given our advice. We've given advice. Now go forth and live with pride. Yeah, live with pride. Ow, to a dog.